Thank you for listening to the Celebration Church podcast. For more information about Celebration Church, go to ccacron.org. There you will find information about our church, upcoming events, and how to make a contribution to the ministry of Celebration Church. We hope this message is an encouragement to you. Psalms 24. Do you know him this morning? Has the king of glory illuminated your heart this morning? Is there a passion that's burning in your soul this morning? Is the, has the flame, the fire of God touched your soul this morning? Some of you aren't sure. Before you leave this morning, I pray that you'll know. <laughs> you'll know. When the fire of God gets a hold of you, you'll know. You'll know it. You'll know it. (laughs) Psalms 24, verse 7. Psalms 24, verse 7 says, Lift up your head, O you gates. Be lifted up, you everlasting doors, that the King of glory shall come in. Who? Who dat? <laughs> Who is that king of glory? Who is the king of glory? We're from New Orleans. Who dat? Who is? Who is? Who is? <laughs> Who is that king of glory? <laughs> He's the Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift up, you everlasting doors. The king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? Who is who is that? Who is the king? <laughs> Do you know him this morning? Do you know this king of glory, the Lord of hosts? He is the king of glory. I just want, you know, this isn't what I was going to preach, but we'll just go here. Uh, I was actually going to pull out an older message and share it with you, but we'll go this route. <laughs> Lift up your heads. Why are you downcast, O oh my soul? Why are you depressed? Why are you discouraged? Are you not the child of the king this morning? Has the king of glory illuminated your heart? You know, Heather was talking about our fiery temptations and trials and all those wonderful, glorious things this morning. You know, what was it? Four, five, six months ago, we got a phone call, you know. Whatever. We got a phone call. You know, all this is whatever. These are all our whatevers. Okay, it doesn't matter. We got a, got a phone call. We were renting. We'd been renting for two years. We knew we were going to buy. We liked Akron. It was growing on us. And so we knew that we were going to be moving. We knew that we were going to be moving into a, a home. And we're like, okay, Lord, we need a home. But we weren't planning on doing it very quickly because, you know, we had a baby on the way. So we didn't really want to move with our wife pregnant, but we knew we were going to move soon. We just had to get through the pregnancy. So we get a phone call from our wonderful blessed landlord who says, hey, and it actually wasn't even from our blessed landlord. It was our blessed landlord's realtor who says, your house is going on the market. Well, lo and behold, guess what year we're doing? We're moving. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. So, hey, Jim, you know any realtors? We're in a bind. We need to find a home quick. We, you know, and he connected us with a great, great realtor. Okay, we bought a home. Lo and behold, we start ripping off the old paneling in the basement. What's in the basement? Our tomb was cracking. It couldn't contain the glory of the Lord. <laughs> it had a lot of cracks. All three walls were cracking. Settling issues. Praise him. Praise him. 
couldn't contain the presence of the Lord, the ants start coming out of the woodwork. We have ants crawling all over. Bless the Lord for these wonderful ants. And then the air conditioner breaks down. And then your wife gets a root canal while you're in the process of leaving for China. Not only does she have to have one, but she's got like four or five teeth that are all messed up. And whatever the case is, she's, got, she's in a lot of pain, you know, whatever it was. But guess what? You're going to China. You're going on the other side of the world and your wife's going to suffer while she's supposed to be filling in while you're gone. Oh, bless the Lord on oh my soul. And we've got all this. She's in pain and she's pregnant. And then she meets this wonderful dentist who doesn't want to give her any pain medication because she's pregnant. And so she has to endure a root canal without any wonderful, blessed, you know, we'll just keep, you know, just keep rolling. We'll just keep rolling, you know, and then, you know, we just keep going down the list. Why are you downcast on my soul? Lift up your heads. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Y'all don't sound so excited about that. When you're going, they're still trying to catch up back on the ants. They're still back on the ants. You have ants in your house? I think we've killed most of them. I think we, you know, the, thank the Lord for home warranties and all those great things. I think we've dealt with it. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. And tap your neighbor on the shoulder and say, it's, it's okay. It's okay. It doesn't matter what you're going through. Lift up your heads. Don't be downcast. Set your eyes on him. Look to the hills from whence cometh your help. Your help comes from the Lord. Your circumstance may not change. Your situation may not change. The people around you may not change. Your spouse surely is not going to change. Look to the hills from whence comes your help. Your help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. <laughs> John chapter 8. We find the story of the adulterous woman. Maybe you feel like the adulterous woman this morning. Maybe you're here and you find yourself caught in sin. Caught, you were exposed. You got exposed. Your sin has been exposed. Your, your sin has found you out this morning. The, the problems, the struggles of life have found you. They've caught up with you. This woman was caught in the act of adultery. And they bring her before Jesus. And verse 5 says that they said to Jesus, actually the end of verse 4, it says, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act, and Moses and the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? They were trying to trip him up. They wanted to catch him, you know, catch him, mess him up. Trying to test him, verse 6. What was Jesus' response to this woman with the issues, with the, this woman with sin, this woman who'd been caught? I mean, I, I always wonder in the back of my mind, what did they do with the man? I mean, where did, where did he run off to? You know, did they let him out the back door and say, run, go, quick, we don't want to stone you? Well, this woman, she's, she's going to hang, though. You know what, you know, anyway, I mean, here's, here's the situation. The woman was caught. It wasn't a pretty... Seen. She was caught in the act of adultery. It was messy. Sometimes we try to clean up. We try to put makeup on our sin. And we, wanna, uh, we don't want it to look that bad. What's reality, friends? Sin is sin. The, the depravity is what it is. It, it, let's stop just covering it up and calling it things that it's not. And just recognize the sin is sin. There's no judgment in that. We're not sitting here. I'm not sitting here. Well, you've got sin in your life. And you're going to... No, we're not sitting here. You've got sin. We're all level at the cross. 
Stop, stop trying to play games with the sin. Stop trying to cover it up and just call it for what it is. Your addiction, your bondage, your stronghold. The Lord loves you right in the middle of your mess. It's okay. You don't have to clean yourself up. You don't have to clean your mess up. It's not going to work. I say it all the time. If you could have, would have, you should have, and you would have, and you would have done, done it. You can't do it. Yield. Yield to the Lord. Allow him to have his way in your life. And that's what Jesus did with this woman. Hey, what, what does Jesus do when this woman who's caught in adultery is brought before him? He gets down in the sand and starts making sandcastles in front of the woman. He starts playing in the sand in front of her. He wasn't very worried about her situation. He wasn't worried about the religious people that were after her. He wasn't worried about the people who were trying to ruin her reputation. He wasn't worried about the people who were condemning her and judging her and trying to find fault with her. He wasn't worried about the man. He wasn't worried about any of it. Jesus was at perfect peace and rest about her situation. Why? Because he was the savior of the world. He knew he had all power and all authority. There was absolutely nothing impossible for for him. There was nothing too difficult for him. This woman, this sin, this addiction, this bondage, this hurt, this brokenness, this offense, whatever it is that might be going on in your life, there is absolutely nothing impossible with God. So he finds himself, finds himself writing in the sand. There are things that you'll learn with Jesus when he begins to write in the sand of your life that you could never learn anywhere else. There are moments with God where you're alone with him. And when it seems like the world has turned their back on you, when it seems like your friends have left you, when it seems like the world is despising you, when it seems like all hope is lost, there are moments with God that there are things that you can get in those moments that you can't get anywhere else. There's an encounter with him that you can't get anywhere else except when Jesus is playing in the sand of your life. It's in those childlike moments where he begins to write, when he begins to do what he does best. When you feel like your hair is standing out on end, or maybe you don't have hair this morning and it starts growing, you know, whatever the case is. And you feel like smoke is coming out your ears. I can't take it anymore. God, I can't do it anymore. This woman found herself standing on the verge of being stoned to death. Maybe you don't realize the significance of this moment for this woman. She was about to die. Circumstances were overwhelming her. But Jesus began to play in the dirt of her life. He began to get in and deal with the ugly. God wants to get right in the midst of your ugly and begin to take it and shape it and mold it for his glory. Don't think that he can't do that. Don't think that God can't. Well, I don't want anybody to know what's going. Listen, they already do. I don't want anybody to know I have a bad attitude. They already do. I don't want anybody to know I've got sin in my life. They already do. You smell like it. You carry the odor. You carry the fragrance. Your fallen nature stinks and we all smell it. Don't get mad. I'm trying to help you. Trying to walk, help walk you through in victory. We all know that we have sin and issues in our life. And Jesus wants to take those things of our life. Nothing can separate you from his love. It's not a license to live how you want. It is freedom from your past. His love doesn't enable you to live in sin. His love will liberate you from the sin. He'll draw you in. He'll compel you in. Nothing can separate you from his love for your life. 
and he begins to do his thing. And the Bible says in verse 7, when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him throw the first stone. And again, he stooped down, he ran on the ground. And then those who heard it, being convicted of their, by their conscience, went out one by one, the oldest to the last. And Jesus was left alone with a woman standing in the midst. And Jesus raised himself up. And he saw no one but the woman. He said to woman, said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of you? Of yours. Has no one condemned you? And she said, No, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. And he says, I am the light of the world. This word here is interesting. We find the same word, he raised himself up. I want to kind of zero in because we're talking about raise up your gates, raise up your heads this morning. And and I want to zero in on this phrase. In Luke 21, we find this same phrase. It's only used a couple of times, but here we find it again in Luke 21, in verse 25. Luke 21, in verse 25, says, And there will be signs in the sun and the moon and in the stars and on the earth, distress of nations and perplexity. The sea and the the waves are roaring, men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with power and great glory. And when, they, when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. You know, if we ever live in a day where this description of what Jesus is giving here about the end times, it's now. We're living in a time, in a day and age where, where the world is rocking and reeling. Jesus is about ready to return for his church. And when we see these things, when life begins to happen, when uncertainty is all around you, and, and the seams of, of this world seem to be unraveling before you. Jesus said, look up, lift up your heads, your redemption draws nigh. This phrase, the same phrase that was used when Jesus was dealing with the issues of the woman, lifted himself up. It's the Greek word anakupto. It means to be lifted up, to be lifted up with the swells like the swells of the ocean with utter joy <laughs> to be you may you miss that to be lifted up like the swells of the ocean with utter joy you see Jesus wasn't discouraged by the woman's issues Jesus is not discouraged by the things that are unraveling around us right now we ought to find ourselves like him being swelled up in the ocean lifted up with swells of joy, knowing that he's got it all covered. He's got your situation covered. He's got the end times covered. He's got the politics covered. He's got everything covered. He's not surprised by who's running for office. He's orchestrating it. He's not surprised by what's happening in Russia and ISIS and all these things. He's orchestrating the details. He's working out his plan for the end times. I'm not worried about it. It's not time to get worried about it. It's time to let the joy of the Lord rise up within you and begin to exalt. Lift up your heads, oh you gates. Lift up, lift up. Don't be downcast, oh my soul. Be lifted up. Look to the Lord. Look to the coming King and begin to exalt Him. Does anybody hear what I'm saying this morning? 
Don't allow your circumstance to get you down. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is? Who is this King of glory? You know that video we just watched. Do you know him? Do you know him? Is this King of glory, the Lord of glory, 1 Corinthians, Paul said. The Lord of glory, the Lord strong and mighty. How do we know this God of glory, this King of glory? We know him because of his victories that he has brought. He has been victorious over death. He's been victorious over sin. He's been victorious over hell. And we know his mighty, his mighty victorious power because of the victory that he's brought. He's brought victory over the battles of sin in your life. If there's a struggle, if there's a temptation, press into God today. Allow Him to change you. Allow Him to transform you. If you have emotional struggles in your life today, press into God. Lift up your head. This King of glory has conquered it all. This King of glory. Who is this King of glory? It is the Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. What did he tell Jehoshaphat? Just set your worshipers out front. Just begin to praise him for his mercy endures forever. Praise the Lord. His mercy endures forever. Just begin to worship him when you face the battles of your health. Begin to worship him when you face the battles within your family. Begin to worship him when you face the battles of your finances. You don't have to fight the battle yourself. He's waging war on your behalf and victory is assured. Well, my situation isn't changing. We still have cracks in our foundation. <laughs> Sometimes things don't change immediately. Sometimes they may not change on this side of eternity. But is God still victorious? What happens on that day? The Bible says that in the date books of heaven, there is scheduled an appointment for you. In the calendar books of heaven, there is a date and it's got your name on it. There is a time and there is a date. None of us know it, but it's there. Hebrews says that there is a time appointed for judgment. Each of you will find yourself standing before the Lord. And you will give an account. What will happen on that day when you stand face to face with the Creator God? Are you still covered in your shame? Are you still covered in, in your worry and your fear and all of the things of your past and all of the struggles of the life that no longer exists? Or are you going to stand clothed with the garment of righteousness purchased by Christ, humbly but boldly before the throne of grace, knowing that it's not by your works, but it's by grace through faith that you've been saved. And you can stand with assurance on the day of judgment before God, knowing that you are His and He is yours. Oh yeah, there's coming a day, friend. There's coming a day where you will stand face to face. Reality will set in in that moment. 
Reality will set in in that moment. Did I really live for God or did I just want him to be the genie in the box who solved every problem when I rubbed him and hoped that he would call, you know, come and fix my problem? Did I really treasure his presence? Did I really know him? Did I have a burning desire in my heart for his presence or did all I want was the recognition? Did all I want was his provision? Did all I want was just to see miracles, but I never knew him. Lift up your heads. There is only one way to lift up your heads. There's only one way to find the assurance that comes by the righteousness of Christ. We find it actually in this passage in Psalms 24. It says, who may ascend the hill of the Lord in verse 3? Or who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, who has not sworn deceitfully, he shall receive the blessing of the Lord and righteousness from God of his salvation. The only way. The only way in. Buddha can't do it. Allah can't do it. There's nobody else can do it. The only way. Jesus said, I am the truth. I am the life. I am the way. There is no other way. There's no other name given to man by which you must be saved. There is only one. Well, I believe that. Well, that's good. The devils do too. Are you living it? Do you know him? Are you lifting up your head? Can you lift your head with confidence in knowing who is this King of glory? Has He won the victory for you? Has the victory become personal for you? Or is it a story that you tell about somebody else's victory? Has victory been won for you personally? Has the victory that was attained on the cross of Christ been applied to your life? Or is it still a story, a good story in the Bible that you tell? It's getting quiet in here. He's the Lord mighty in battle. Who is this King of glory? Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1. God who at various times... Verse 1, Hebrews chapter 1. God, at various times and in various ways, spoke in the past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by His Son, whom He has appointed heir of all things, through whom also He made the worlds, who being the brightness of His glory. Who is this King of glory? Jesus Christ is the express image of, of his person, and he is upholding all things by the word of his power. Who is this king of glory? It, it is the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, the Redeemer, the Savior, the one who, who defeated sin and death. This is Christ. This is the King of glory. He is the express image of the Father for you and I. He is the expression of God to you and I. He is the radiance of the Father. Are you beholding the radiance of God? Have you looked upon Jesus lately? Have you looked upon Him? Consider Jesus. Hebrews chapter 3 actually in verse 1 says, Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of a heavenly calling, consider 
Jesus. Consider this apostle and high priest of our confession. Consider him. Consider Jesus today. Discover him. Fix your eyes upon him today. Stop looking at circumstance and the things that are around you. Fix your eyes on Christ today. The king of glory. The radiance of the father. The glory of God expressed for you and I. Yeah, you can look at your situation. You can look at your temptation. You can look at all the things around you and never see Christ. Consider Jesus today. Consider him the high priest. Consider him. Once long ago, there was a high priest that had to go in and make atonement for sin. They had to go in and offer sacrifice. They had to jump through all the hoops and the ropes and do everything just right, just perfect to offer atonement. For the sin of the nation. But Jesus, our high priest, has come. The final high priest. You and I, because of his sacrifice. Because he became the propitiation, our sacrifice. And he became our high priest. Can now come boldly before the throne of grace. You and I can come boldly and have assurance that the king of glory will have mercy on you. The king of glory will look favorably upon you. Not because of who you are. Not because of what you've done. Not because of your great works and all of the titles that you bear or don't bear. He will look at you with mercy. He will look at you with grace because of who Christ is. Christ has become your high priest. He has become your sacrifice. And you can step boldly before the throne and say, Lord, I need you. Lord, I need your help. Help in the time of trouble. Help in the time of sin. Help in the time of depravity. Help in the time of uncertainty. He is the everlasting God. He will help you. He will come to your aid. He will rescue you. He's never changed. He's still the God that rescued Israel. He's still the God that will rescue you. Good preaching, Pastor. I'll encourage myself in the Lord. Who is this King of glory? Consider Jesus. Let's jump back there. I'm not done. Consider Jesus. He was the cornerstone of our faith. The apostle, the cornerstone. Who was faithful? Who was faithful? Who was faithful? He was faithful to the agreement made between him and his father. He was faithful to the plan. He was faithful to offer himself. He was standing, kneeling, praying in the garden. He was walking through the hour of saying, Lord, would you... Would you let this cup pass from me, Father? Would you, would you let it go? But he was faithful. He endured the testing. He endured the mocking. He endured the hardship. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, despising its shame. For the joy of the Lord set before him. The joy of the Lord is the same strength that strengthened Christ in the hour of his depravity and carrying the weight of the sin of the world. And it is the same joy that is your strength today. Faithful. He was faithful to endure it. He was equipped from on high with the joy of the Lord. His joy. The same joy that enabled him to endure the cross. Hello. The same joy. The same joy. Everybody say the same joy. The same joy. The same joy. You know, I just got to pause here for a moment. 
Because people, you know, I don't understand. People say, I don't understand why people laugh. Why do, why do they laugh in church? Why are they laughing? I mean, this is just distracting. Why are they laughing? <laughs> you know, the, the funny thing about that is that they would rather those people, whoever those people are, we don't have any of those people here, <laughs> but whoever those people are, would rather, they're okay with people crying, being depressed, But the minute that somebody gets touched by the joy of the Lord and experiences the supernatural joy and gets, you know, let me just say this about the joy, and then I'll move on. You can read, it's all in the Bible. Those of you, just get the podcast, you can listen. You know, we've talked about the joy. That's all I'm going to say about that. But let me just say this. You know, people, well, you don't know, you know, that, they're just distracting. You know, they'll say things, you know, say things. I'm just on my little bunny rabbit trail here. You know, my response is this. You don't know their story. I'll, you know, I say this a lot. You don't know. I'll pick on Mandy because she's approved. She's approved the picking. She used to be a control freak. She might still be a little, but I don't know. I don't know. I'm not suggesting anything. She was a cranky, crusty Christian. She was one of those C3s that we talk about. She'll tell you it's true. I'm not telling you anything that she won't say herself. She would not laugh. She was too dignified for that. Oh, but little did she know that the joy of the Lord is her strength. And she doesn't have to be everybody's know-it-all and fix everything. She told us, you know, had, had you asked... Had you asked Mandy, what, a couple years ago, will you lead Night of Hope and be, have 100 plus volunteers and do all that you're doing? Would you do all that? She would be a ball of stress. She would be a ball of stress. But she's been liberated. It's no longer a stress to do the work of the Lord. It's the joy of our life. How do you endure when hardship comes? James says, count it all joy. Command yourself to be in a place of joy. Stop being depressed. I mean, really, what's that doing for you anyway? You're just going to lay on couch all day long and eat your potato chips and watch your sad movies and have your pity party? I don't know how I got off of this, off of faithful... <laughs> One word, faithful, and I'm often talking about eating your potato chips. You, you, I mean, really? So what's wrong with the joy of the Lord after all? Well, they're just faking it. Good, at least they're happy. At least they're happy in faking it. I mean, I've seen a lot of depressed people in faking it too. 
Well, they're just, they're just fallen because, you know, that's the thing that they need to do. Well, fine. Maybe they'll get something when their head hits the concrete. I mean, really, what's the big deal? You know, some of the things we come up with, well, you know, we just, sit, we just like to sit and criticize, but, well, there's just fake people. Well, there's fake people in every area of life. I, they'll just fall. They're just falling. Well, yeah, they're falling. Some are getting touched by the Lord. Some are just falling because they want to fall. But I'll let God sort that out. Maybe they'll get something while they're on the floor. I can't tell you how many times I've had people come up to me and say, you know what, I just, I was a, it was a courtesy drop. I didn't really feel anything. But when I ended up on the floor, I got something. Hey, I don't care how you get on the surgery table, just get up there. We'll anesthetize you when you're there or before you hit it. We'll get you one way or the other. You're going to get it. We'll just give you the good anesthetizing solution of the Holy Ghost one way or the other. <laughs> and he'll do, his, he'll do what he needs to do. It's not my job to figure it out. It's, you know, it's easy. It's easy to sit and criticize. You know, he's faithful. This, I'm just talking about faithfulness of the Lord. I'm just talking about the faithfulness of the Lord this morning. He's faithful. It's not my job to figure it out. You know, Spurgeon has a wonderful quote. And he says that the children of God are supposed to be like honeybees. Going out and getting the honey and bringing it back to the hive. But the minute that the honeybees stop doing the work of a honeybee, they become drones and they start attacking one another. Hmm. If you find yourself attacking and criticizing the work of God, my question is, are you busy about the work of the kingdom? That's just a freebie for somebody today. I don't have time to sit and criticize every little thing that everybody does. I had too much, I had too much going on. There's, there, in case you hadn't noticed... There are people going to hell right now. In case you hadn't noticed, our country is in great need of a revival. So laugh your heart out, baby. Fall on the floor, let God touch you, let Him change you. Whatever you need to get a download from heaven to go out and see the lost saved and people transformed, get a touch from God and go take it to somebody. God, who is faithful, is doing the work in you and I. You can't fix yourself. You've got to go into the repair shop and let the creator. You're a foreign-made car, and you have to have a specialty person work on you. You just can't go into any old shop and get it fixed. You have special parts that only God can use. You're a peculiar people. <laughs> Some more than others. 
the Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift up, you everlasting doors. This king who had conquered over sin and death. The king who won victory over death, hell, and the grave. This king, the everlasting doors, the, the pearly gates of heaven came riding through, taking his throne on, on the throne of heaven. Lift up your heads, O you gates, O you everlasting doors, be lifted up. These, these gates of heaven, can you imagine the day of the ascension when Jesus, the one God who had stepped out of limitless time and space, the God who is above time and space, the God who created all things, the God who spoke and the worlds came. This God stepped into creation, became a man. This man who was crucified, who was beaten, who was resurrected, this man came riding through the pearly gates to take his throne in heaven. Can you imagine the, the look on the angel's face? The resurrected Christ taking his throne. There is right now a heavenly intercessor, one who is familiar with your weaknesses, one who has been tempted in every way that you have. He, the high priest, is sitting on the throne of glory today, interceding on your behalf. You have nothing to worry about. He's got you covered. He loves you. His love is unending, and he is interceding for you. He's praying for you, and he is baptizing people in the Holy Ghost. That is his heavenly ministry. He hasn't stopped. This, which you now see and hear, Peter said on the day of Pentecost, we are receiving from Christ. He is pouring out this baptism, this immersion from heaven. You can have the fullness of God in your life. Lift up your heads. Oh, you gates, lift up your everlasting doors. Isaiah 40. Isaiah 40, a wrap up. Isaiah 40 and verse 28. Somebody's getting free today. If you're not, there's still time. We'll stay to 2 o'clock for you, just for you, so you'll get free. <laughs> and those that are ready to go to Bob Evans said, no, pastor, we are ready to go. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about Bob Evans. I hadn't said anything about Bob Evans in a while, so I had to throw it out there. Isaiah 40, verse 28 says, Have you not known, have you not heard the everlasting God? The Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor gets weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. The everlasting God... The eternal one, the everlasting God, will renew your strength today. The everlasting God, this king of glory, 
the Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. He will refresh you. He will renew you. He will bring strength to you today. There are those in this room this morning. You've been carrying, it feels like, the weight of the world. Not just for the past couple of weeks. This has been an enduring, ongoing process. Recently, you even said that you felt like that you were just enduring to get by. You know who you are. You said it. you're just enduring, just striving. You're striving to get by. You're trying to carry the weight of family and life and circumstance on your shoulders that you were not intended to carry. But because you've not turned to the Lord and allow Him to carry that, that, that weight, you've been carrying it yourself. And you've, as I said, even this week said, I'm just enduring. I'm just trying to get by. There is a rest for your soul today. There is a rest for your soul. You don't have to carry the weight of the world any longer. There is a rest for your soul. Come to me, all who are weary, Heather mentioned earlier. My burden's light. Jesus said, my burden is light. My yoke is easy. Oh yeah, he wants to take off the burden of this world. He doesn't want you to be bent over carrying the weight of the world your head downcast, your soul downcast. He wants you to be lifted up. He wants your light, your face illuminated with the glory of heaven. He wants your eyes to be full of the life of God and your mouth to be full of the joy of heaven. Hallelujah. Why don't you stand with me this morning? Do you know him? Do you know him today? Do you know the Lord? How is it with your soul today? There are those in this room. You are, there are those this morning, you've come this morning and you're hungry for a touch from the Lord. You feel spiritually weak and malnourished spiritually dry. The Lord wants to refresh you today. You don't have to leave. You're, you're today at the pool of Bethesda. You've come to the well of living water today. You can have as much drink as you would like. He's prepared a fountain of living water for you. You as Jesus said, if anyone's thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. This he spoke of the Holy Spirit. You can have as much as you want. And the more the better. <laughs> there are those though also this morning that you don't know the Lord personally. You've heard about the Lord. You've heard me preach about Jesus this morning. You've heard me talk about his love. You've heard me talk about the day of judgment. But today, I also want to tell you that today is the day of salvation. Today is your day for salvation. 
You don't have to any longer try to do it on your own. God wants to come and change everything for you. He wants to change your life. He wants to change your heart. He wants to change your mind. He wants to change your emotions. He wants to change your desires. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you for my friends, family that are here this morning. Lord, if there's those here today, and I know there are, that they're away from you, they don't know you, Lord, I pray that right now that there would just be conviction in their heart. Lord, the reality of your love for them would just come, that you love them, that you have a plan of peace and a hope and a future for them. Lord, those here this morning that are spiritually just dry and malnourished, Lord, that today would be a day of refreshing and of refilling. And I thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for joining the Celebration Podcast. For more information, visit ccacron.org or call us at 330-762-7458. You can also download the Celebration app from iTunes or the Android store. With my father, it's so hard.